Hello and welcome to another edition of Maplewood Barn Radio Theater, brought to you in conjunction with KBIA. In keeping with our tradition, tonight we bring you a chilling tale called The Beast with Five Fingers by W.F. Harvey. It was first published in the new Decameron in 1919 and made into a movie in 1947, starring Robert Alda, you know him as Alan Alda's dad, Andrea King, and Peter Lorre. While the story is not well known today, the movie has been hailed as an early horror film classic and certainly one that well-rounded horror movie aficionados should not miss. Now we hope you enjoy this Maplewood Barn original adaptation of the spine-tingling story, The Beast with Five Fingers by W.F. Harvey. You've never told me, Saunders. Why did you want to become my secretary in the first place? When I was a little boy, I once went with my father to call on your uncle, Adrian Borlsover. My father thought he was a wonderful man. Yes, he was. And almost a genius in some ways, especially with his hands. His hands? Uncle Adrian was exceedingly clever with his hands. His penmanship was exquisite, and he had a unique knack for cutting out silhouettes of young ladies. Did you realize that he went blind when he was fifty? My father had mentioned his disability. Yet he adapted in a miraculously short period of time. He quickly learned to read Braille. So acute was his sense of touch that he was able to maintain his interest in botany. Simply by running his fingers over a plant, he could accurately identify it. Towards the close of his life, the old man was credited with powers of touch that seemed almost uncanny. It has been said that he could tell at once the color of a ribbon placed between his fingers, although I never saw it myself. That would be incredible, if it was true. I saw with my own eyes that Uncle had the power of automatic writing. Automatic writing? Do you mean unconscious writing? Yes, you could call it that. I made the discovery two years before his death, quite by accident. Uncle Adrian was reading in bed, the forefinger of his left hand tracing the Braille characters, when I noticed that a pencil he held in his right hand was moving slowly along the opposite page. There were plainly letters and words he was writing. Like messages? It was just nonsense, names and phrases like... Adrian Borlsover, Eustace Borlsover, King George III ascended the throne in 1760, George Borlsover, Francis Borlsover, honesty is the best policy, beautiful Belinda Borlsover, and so forth. Well, that is strange indeed, but it doesn't seem to mean anything. Oh, it gets stranger yet. Over time, the handwriting improved. The sentences got more complex. Then, one afternoon shortly before he died, Uncle Adrian was propped up in bed with pillows and had sunk into a light sleep. I took an empty manuscript book and placed the pencil within reach of his fingers. They snatched at it eagerly and wrote, I remember quite clearly, Undering Borlsovers, unnecessarily unnatural, extraordinarily eccentric, culpably curious. Well, that was obviously your uncle's unconscious mind pouring itself out. No, no, listen, there's more. So, I asked the hand out loud, Who are you? And the hand wrote, Never you mind. Now that is creepy. Then I asked, Is that you, Uncle? Is that you who is writing? Silly Eustace, you'll see me very soon. When shall I see you? When poor old Adrian's dead. Where shall I see you? Where shall you not? Instead of speaking my next question, I wrote it. I asked, What is the time? The fingers dropped the pencil and moved three or four times across the paper. Then, picking up the pencil, they wrote, Ten minutes before four. Put your book away, Eustace. Adrian mustn't find us working at this sort of thing. 
He doesn't know what to make of it, and I won't have poor old Adrian disturbed. Au revoir. I have never heard of such a thing. And your uncle was not aware the entire time? Yes, I'm sure. Right at that moment, he woke with a start and muttered something about nightmares. That was it. That was it? There's no more to the story. Not much, really. Shortly after that, Uncle died, and I moved into the family residence, Borlsover Conyers, which allows us to enjoy our libations and conversations in this wonderful old library. It is my favorite room in the house. That reminds me, I've been meaning to ask you. Uncle had so many books. Are we going to have to outfit the billiard room with bookcases to accommodate them all? <laughs> no, I don't think that will be necessary. Oh, yes, your correspondence is in the hall. One moment and I will get it. Here we are. Most of it I've seen to. There are a few private letters I haven't opened. There's also a box with a rat or something inside it that came by the evening post. Very likely it's a six-toed albino. I didn't look because I didn't want to mess up my clothes, but I believe from the way it's scrambling around that it's pretty hungry. Perhaps it's a rat or a ferret. Sounds like some small creature. Although why anyone would send me such a thing is beyond my comprehension. Do you have a pocket knife with you? I'll pry it open. Well, the lid is screwed down, but I brought a screwdriver in with the mail. Here. But there's something else odd about the box. When the postman brought it, he told me that they'd bored holes in the lid at the post office. There were no breathing holes in the lid, and they didn't want the animal to die. Whatever it might be, it is kicking up a row in there. Grossly negligent of the man, whoever he was, packing an animal like this in a wooden box with no air holes. There, got all the screws out. Now, confound it, we need a cage to put him in. Oh, there's an old dog carrier in the front hall closet. Yes, that should do nicely. Uh, please fetch it. Certainly. What the? Here's the cage. So what happened? Bother it, the beast's got out. What was it? It all happened so quickly, I only glimpsed it out of the corner of my eye. How in the world are we going to find it again in this library? Well, it does seem hopeless to search in this cavernous room. Perhaps if we just sat quietly by the fire, it will show itself. Good idea, Saunders. Sounds like it's gotten behind some of the books on the shelves. Yes, let's give it a few minutes to settle down. Here, take your seat, and I'll attend to those private letters. It sounds like it's moving to the other side of the room. Is it climbing the iron corkscrew staircase into the gallery? If so, that's all well and good. My uncle installed a little gate at the bottom of the stairs so children could play in the library without worry. Here, let me close that. There. That will contain the beast. At least, narrow the search area. Now let's see about these letters. My, he is a busy little fellow. Yes, let him starve for a while. Perhaps we'll do some little experiments on rats deprived of water. <laughs> Let the little devil throw books off the shelves. We have the upper hand, I believe. Hmm, this letter's from my uncle's attorney. Is it important? Uh, let's see, it offers condolences on my uncle's passing last week. There's a mention of the valuable books he left me in his will. Yes, of course, we're surrounded by them. Well, it all sounds pretty standard. Wait, then it goes on to say that there was one request that came as a surprise to him. My uncle left instructions that he was to be buried in the simplest manner possible. No wreaths or flowers, no mourning period. 
Yet, according to this letter, the day before he died, they received a letter stating that his body was to be embalmed and his right hand surgically removed and sent to me? Good Lord! What in the world was the old boy driving at? And what in the name of all that's holy is that? Someone's in the gallery. No rat could open and close the window blinds. I'll grab the flashlight. We've not gotten to the bottom of this yet, but we will before the night is much older. Wait, look, there it is. Good Lord, it's a hand. A human hand. That old devil, my uncle. I can't explain it all. It's his hand that's been playing tricks on us. You've got to help me catch it. How am I supposed to do that? Here, I believe it's cornered behind these books. Take out a volume and, and grab it. Me? How about you sticking your hand in there? Oh, don't be a ninny, Saunders. Just grab it so we can put it back in the box. All right, all right. Never let it be said that a Saunders was afraid. Ready? Oh, oh, oh no, you don't. It's got a funny, stumpy end on it, whatever it is, and it nips like a crab. There. Got it. Hurry, man. Let's get it to the table. There's muscle there. If there isn't flesh and blood, it has quite... A grip on my hand. Good Lord, I can't get it off. Help me. Pry its fingers off quickly. There, got it. Now drive in the screws. That's the way. We won't run any risks of it escaping again. Here, put the box in this old desk of mine. There's the key. There. That should do it. Ooh, quite a lively evening. I could use a tot of brandy after that. Of course, take a seat. You have certainly earned it. Now, tell me more about your uncle. Whatever it was last night, I propose that we drop the subject. There's nothing to keep us here. We'll motor up to the lakes and get some climbing. And see nobody all day and sit bored to death with each other every night? Not me, thanks. Why not run up to town? Run is the exact word in this case, isn't it? We're both in such a blessed funk. Pull yourself together, Eustace, and let's have another look at the hand. As you wish. There's the key. What are you waiting for? I am waiting for you to volunteer to open the lid. However, since you seem hesitant, allow me. Here it is. Not as lively as last night, is it? Cold? Here, touch it. Hmm, tepid. 
Soft and supple, too. If it's the embalming, it's a sort of embalming I've never seen before. Is it your uncle's hand? Oh, yes, it's his, all right. I would know those long, thin fingers anywhere. Let's take a closer look at it. Not when it's loose. Give me some nails and a hammer out of that cabinet and bring that loose board by the window. Can you hold it all right? Yes, the thing's quite limp. It seems to be dead now. Or perhaps asleep. Now, what are we going to do? Drive a nail through it first so that it can't get away. Then we can take our time over examining it. Mm -mm -mm. Do it yourself. I don't mind helping you with guinea pigs occasionally when there's something to be learned, partly because I don't fear the revenge of a guinea pig. This thing's different. All right, you miserable coward. I won't forget the way you've stood by me. There, now it's firmly attached to the board. Look at it now, writhing in agonized contortions, squirming and wriggling on the nail like a worm on the hook. Well, you've done it now. I'll leave you to examine it. Don't go in heaven's name. Cover it up, man. Cover it up. Uh, shove a cloth over it. Here, wrap it up. Now get the keys from the desk and open the safe. Throw the other things out. Oh, Lord, it's getting itself into frightful knots. Quick, throw it in. There. That should do it. We'll keep it there until it dies. May I burn in hell if I ever open the door of that safe again. So the burglary occurred last night? Must have, Detective. Everything was in its place when I retired yesterday evening. <laughs> it appears they've made their entry by way of the conservatory. Based on what you have seen, uh, can you tell me what is missing? At first glance, it appears that they got very little. It was a poor attempt on their part. There is some silver cutlery gone and a few decorative gold plates. That's all that was taken, as far as I can tell. The safe in the study is open and empty. I kept nothing of value in it during the last six months. And you're lucky, getting off so easily, sir. My investigations so far indicates that they were experienced burglars. They disarmed the alarm before they set to work. Yes, I suppose I am lucky. I have no doubt that we will be able to trace the thieves. The, the way they jimmied that door and opened the safe shows they have been doing this for quite some time. But there's one little thing that puzzles me. Uh, one of them was careless enough not to wear gloves. I can't figure out what he was trying to do. I've, I've made copies of the fingerprints he left on the windowsills in almost all the downstairs rooms. They are very distinct. Right hand or left, or both? Oh, right hand every time. That's the funny thing. He must have been a foolhardy fellow, and I... I think it was him that wrote this note. Uh, here's what he wrote, sir. I've gotten out. Eustace boils over. But before long. Some jailbird that has escaped, I suppose. I, it will make it all the easier for us to trace him. I, do you know the handwriting, sir? 
No, it's not the handwriting of anyone I know. Well, then, I believe we're done here for the time being. I, I will contact you when we know more. Thank you for your time, Mr. Boylesover. I'll see myself out. Did you hear that, Saunders? I'm not going to stay here a moment longer. I've been comfortable during the last six months with that thing locked in the safe, but I'm not going to run the risk of seeing it again. I'll go into town this afternoon, get Morton to put my things together, and join me with the car at Bridgeton the day after tomorrow. How long will we be going away? I can't say for certain, but be prepared to stay for some time. We've stuck to work pretty closely through the summer, and I, for one, need a holiday. I'll engage the rooms at Bridgeton. You'll find it best to break the journey at Hitchin. I'll wire to you there at the Crown to tell you the Bridgeton address. My, this is a nice house, even for Bridgeton. It was kept by an old college friend who is presently traveling abroad. Our rooms are on the first floor. The two bedrooms are at the back and open out of each other. Here, I'll show you. You can have the smaller one, although it is the only one with the fireplace. I'll stick to the larger of the two since it's got the bathroom adjoining. That's fine with me. I would rather have a fireplace than a bathroom. You know how easily I catch a chill. What were the roads like? Rotten, swimming with mud, and there was a beastly cold wind, and this is July. Ugh, the weather in New England. Yes, I think we might do worse than leave dear New England for a few months. You may be right. You shouldn't feel cold, Saunders, when you can afford to sport a great catskin-lined coat like this. You dress yourself very well, all things considered. Look at those gloves, for instance. Who could possibly feel cold when wearing them? Oh, they are far too clumsy for driving, though. May I take a look at them? Certainly, be my guest. Ah! Ah! Oh, Lord, it's in the glove. Quick, Saunders, quick. It fled into my room. Grab it, kick it, do something. There, I've kicked it into the bathroom. It's hit the wall and fallen into the bathtub. Come see for yourself. Yes, there it is. Our old friend, old and maimed, dumb and blind, with a ragged hole in the middle, crawling, staggering, trying to creep up the slippery sides. It looks helpless. Stay here. Keep an eye on it. I'll get a box or something, and we'll jam it in. The sides of the tub are so slippery, it can't get out. I'll be right back. Yes, it can! It's getting out now! It's climbing up the plug chain! No, you brute, you filthy brute, you don't! Uh, come back, Saunders, it's getting away from me. I can't hold it, it's all slippery. Curse it! Uh, shut the window, Saunders. Oh, you utter idiot, it's gotten out! Eustace! Eustace! Oh, my lord, he's fainted. Someone, quickly, call a doctor! What is the prognosis, Doctor? I don't know what to make of it. He's been ill for a fortnight, and I can only suppose that Mr. Borlsover has suffered some great emotional shock. You'd better let me send someone to help you nurse him. 
I don't want to be left alone in the dark. Well, you should probably indulge him in that whim, Mr. Saunders. I would keep a light burning all night if I were you. But he must have some more fresh air. It's perfectly absurd, this hatred of open windows. No, the windows must be kept closed at all cost. Well, if you say so, Mr. Borlsover. But lack of air may interfere with your recovery. I don't care. All windows must be kept closed. And I don't want other nurses. They might accidentally smuggle it in somehow. No, Saunders will serve me quite well, as he has for many years. Oh, yes, Mr. Borlsover, as you wish. I will check on her again in a few days. Until then, please try to keep him quiet, Mr. Saunders. Thank you, Doctor. Don't worry about it, old chap. This sort of thing can't go on indefinitely. I saw it this time just like you. It wasn't half as active as before. It can't go on living much longer, especially after that fall out of the window. I heard it hit the flagstones myself. As soon as you're a bit stronger, we'll leave this place, not bag and baggage, but with only the clothes on our backs so that it won't be able to hide anywhere. We'll escape it that way. We won't give any address, and we won't have any parcels sent after us. Cheer up, Eustace. You'll be well enough to leave in a day or two. What have I done? Why does it come after me? I'm no worse than other men. I'm no worse than you, Saunders. You know I'm not. Of course not. My theory is that before you caught the hand in the library, it was filled with a pure malevolence to you and all mankind. After you spiked it through with that nail, it naturally forgot about the other people and concentrated its attention on you. It was shut up in the safe, you know, for nearly six months. That gave it plenty of time for plotting revenge. Your idea of leaving Bridgeton without notice has merit, I think. We'll go on the 1st of September. So tonight, we slip away, Eustace. Are you ready to vanish? Yes, and what a relief it will be. Couldn't I open the window just a little? We're simply roasting in here, you know. No, leave well enough alone. We're not a couple of boarding school misses fresh out of a hygiene lecture. Let's continue our game of chess. Oh, I almost forgot. Just a bit ago, the landlady left this note. I'm sorry I didn't mention it before. It was left in the mailbox. Open it, Saunders, and see if it deserves a reply. Well, eleven o'clock. Tonight is suitable for our last appointment. Who is it from? Oh, oh, it, it, it was meant for me. There's no need to answer it. Just a dunning letter from a local tailor. I suppose he got wind of our leaving. Very well. Check. Who's there? You suppose it's the landlady at this hour? Oh, she is upstairs. I can hear her walking about. Then lock the door. Uh, bolt it, too. You'll move, Saunders. Oh, and check the window fastenings as well while you're up. Everything is locked. Now, Saunders, make your move. Don't make me wait all night. It's bad to keep an invalid waiting. There's only one possible move for you to make. What was that? Nothing. Uh, just the ivy blowing against the window. 
It's your move, Eustace. It wasn't the ivy, you idiot. It was someone tapping at the window. Just a moment. It's the hand. What's that it's holding? A pocket knife. It's trying to open the window by pushing back the fastener with the blade. Well, let it try. Anyhow, we'll close the shutters. Your move, Saunders. I've played. You seem to be taking things coolly, Eustace. But I must confess, I'm on edge. There's no need to be. There's nothing supernatural about that hand, Saunders. I mean, it seems to be governed by the laws of nature. It's not the sort of thing that vanishes into thin air or slides through oak doors. And since that's so, I defy it to get in here. We'll leave the place in the morning. I, for one, have plumbed the depths of fear. Fill your glass, man. The windows are all shuttered. The door is locked and bolted. Let's toast my Uncle Adrian. Drink, man. What are you waiting for? No, yes, of course. Wait! It can get in. We've forgotten. There's a fireplace in my bedroom. It will come down the chimney. Uh, quick! We have no moment to lose. What can we do? Light the fire, Saunders. Give me a match, quick. They must all be in the other room. I'll get them. Hurry, man, for goodness sake. Uh, look in the bookcase. Uh, look in the bathroom. Here, come and stand here. I'll look. Be quick. I can hear something. Then, uh, then plug a sheet from your bed up the chimney. No, wait, here's a match. Is the fire laid? Oh, good, but, but it may not burn. I know, the oil from that old reading lamp. Now the match, quick. Pull the sheet away, you old fool. We don't need it now. Well, the oil spilled on the sheet. It's on fire, too. The, the whole place will go up in flames. Uh, quick, smother it with that blanket. That's no good. I can't manage Open it. Open the door, Saunders, and get help. Hurry, the whole place is ablaze. Look out, Eustace. Something charred and black is crawling across the floor towards you. It's got me, Saunders. It, it burns. It burns. We hope you've enjoyed this original adaptation of W.F. Harvey's classic short story, The Beast with Five Fingers, presented by the Maplewood Barn Radio Players. Our performers in this production were Chris Bowling as Eustace Borlesover, with Charlie Wilkerson playing Saunders. The detective was portrayed by Byron Scott. Darren Hellwedge was the doctor, with the eerie voice of the hand played by, well, we're not really sure. The show was engineered by Darren Hellwedge and adapted for radio by Brad Buchanan. Post-production by Amy Humphrey and Joe Hayes. This is your narrator, Darren Hellwedge. We hope you'll join us again next week at the same time for another classic story by the Maplewood Barn Radio Players, right here on KBIA. This is Byron Scott, president of the Maplewood Barn Community Theater. If you've been enjoying our weekly shows here on KBIA, we want you to plan ahead to bring the family out to the barn this spring and summer. Our 43rd season of outdoor shows begins April 30th with a ghost story, Darker Shores. We'll continue through mid-September with musicals, 2 by 2 and Shrek, and rollicking comedies, Leading Ladies, and Shakespeare's Much Ado About Nothing. Drop by our website, www.maplewoodbarn.com, for full details and ticket information. Remember, there's never a rain out at the barn. We just move the fun inside. 
Is your club, church, or social organization looking for an entertaining event? Why not invite the Maplewood radio players to put on a live performance of one of their radio theater shows? We'll bring the studio stage to you so that you can see how much fun we have with these KBIA programs. Just drop us a note on our website or Facebook for details.